0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis and the story behind the numbers.
1: Hello and welcome to Business Line's podcast. I'm your host, Hari Priya, tech reporter for the publication. In today's episode, we will be discussing the growth and prospects of India's engineering, research and development industry. To give us more insights on what's happening in India's r and d space, I have with me today K.S. Vishwanathan, Vice President, Industry Initiatives, NASCOM, and Vijay Guntur, President, Engineering and R&D Services at CL Technologies. Thank you so much for joining us today, gentlemen.
0: Thank you, Priya, for
2: having us today. Thank you, you, Priya.
1: Great, sir. To, I think, to begin with, to kick off and set things in context for our listeners, uh, case we saw, could you give us an overview of the industry? Primarily, what is considered an e- er function? How big is this industry in India? And why is it of growing importance now?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the engineering design from India accounts for close about 38%, 38% of global engineering R&D services get outsourced comes to India. The size is approximately about $41 billion of exports and industry employs close about 700,000 people. When we say engineering design services, it encompasses 11 different verticals with automobile, semiconductor, telecom, aerospace, healthcare, industrial machinery, energy are some of the popular segment where engineering services gets done. There is few hubs which has emerged. Bangalore continues to be a hub for engineering services in the India. Chennai is again a hub. Pune is again a hub. gurgaon Noida is again a hub. Put together, all these companies put together, as I said earlier, contribute $41 billion revenue. The good news is, this is a segment which is the bearer for IT business services it has been the torchbearer for IT services for three, four years. There a lot of product innovation, engineering innovation, reshaping the engineering innovation for the enterprises are getting spearheaded and started from this segment. There lies the importance of this segment.
1: Vijay sir, would you like to add?
0: Yeah, yes. I think uh, this is an important sector of uh, the overall IT services business for two primary reasons. It drives innovation in the product and platform space, like as we said, across multiple industry segments. And uh, the last few years, have seen tremendous growth in this uh, in this area. Right. HCL Tech has taken a leading position in this space of engineering and R&D services and works across uh, multiple of these segments. A big uh, dr- growth driver is uh, beyond innovation, is able to get products to markets faster and adopt products to markets faster. So that's a big uh, driver for the innovation work to be done. Uh, globally, uh, there are many hubs and uh, in India, the ones that case we talked about, but globally too, there are other hubs in LATAM, in Eastern Europe uh, that are attracting and building talent for doing engineering work, outsourced uh, engineering work, I would say. So it's a trend uh, that is here to stay. It's expected to grow between 10 to 12% uh, year on year for the next four to five years. Uh, There's been a blip uh, in the growth rate uh, just this year, but I think that is a blip and we will overcome it and we'll get back to growth uh, that we have seen in the segment.
1: Right. Oh,
2: Just to build up to what Vijay said, a uh, very important point is said this is a growth segment. Uh, except of a small blip in early part of this year, this industry is poised to deliver close to about $100 billion worth of engineering services export revenue from India by 2030.
1: Right. So uh, so the kind of growth that we're talking about, the kind of potential that we see, what are the factors that are fueling it? As in, why India, someone like uh, Renault, Daimler, everybody is setting up their centers here, have huge presence here. So uh, what, 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 what are the vantage points that the country has? And what is sort of giving this kind of attraction to this industry?
2: You know, very interestingly, right from the beginning, this engineering design segment was never played on the cost factor. It was never played for the cost factor, which I said was placed on innovation factor. Especially in the last five years, last five years accelerated during COVID time requirement of software, requirement of productization, requirement of serviceization, requirement of different customer experience put together is accelerating the need of embedding software into the products which is taking place. This phenomena of where you can get embedded products, embedded software is driving the growth of the segment. uh, What I call very loosely is softwareization of the product is leading to a huge advantage to leverage the talent pool that is available, the innovation capacity that is available, the startup ecosystem that is available and large companies like HCL were present here in, in the country to drive this available is spiriting the growth. Perhaps Vijay will have more details to share.
0: Yeah, so there are two kinds of growth drivers. One in terms of the technology, which we are broadly calling digital engineering. And this is expected to grow at a cagr of about 18%. And to KSV's point, uh, this will be a big driver of uh, growth. We expect about 40% of overall outsourced spending engineering to be at uh, at this level. Today, it may be a smaller share, but we'll get to about 40% and more. So the growth rate, while I earlier mentioned 10 to 12% is the growth rate overall, digital engineering is expected to grow at about 18%. So that is the first driver... I think there's some equal feedback. So 18% uh, is the growth expectation CAGR of the digital engineering spend. And uh, today, the digital engineering spend is about 800 billion. And uh, overall, worldwide, that is expected to double in the next four years or so. So that's the first. Uh, The second is, it's not only uh, that, uh, like you said, uh, Ripria, that many captives are being set up. Uh, captive centers of parent companies and across industry segments. It's not just automotive. Uh, It is in industrial manufacturing. It is in online companies, ISVs, telecom OEMs, telecom service providers, uh, energy utility companies, a whole, you know, oil oil and gas companies, a whole slew of companies coming and setting up and tapping into the innovation uh, engine that is there. Uh, There are, of course, startups, there are, of course, um, uh, grounds up innovation also happening. So the first driver is the digital engineering. Second is multiple uh, ways in which uh, we are delivering on this. Uh, The GCCs are an important aspect. The second is uh, providers like um, outsourced engineering uh, and R&D service providers like ourselves at CL Tech, who are growing in this space and increasingly serving customers across. And you also asked, Priya, why is it only uh, India? I don't think it's only India. India is a large share of this market. Uh, given that uh, we are uh, having the largest talent pool, if not second, uh, next to only perhaps China in terms of the engineering talent pool that is available. Uh, I think uh, those are broadly the drivers, both GCCs and the digital engineering spend. Right. So, uh, so are there any... Uh,
1: outlier sectors that actually drive up the activities in the ernd industry what i broadly understand is automotive uh, the in the recent times have been uh, has been fueling the growth in this space given the kind of work that happens in that sector
0: uh, automotive makes up about 14% uh, in some places maybe a little higher also of all RD spend <laughs> outside of that it is the isvs and online companies uh, that uh, drive uh, our RD spend and uh, these two are, uh, are the top two segments. So ISV online and uh, automotive are two big drivers. And then, of course, it's telecom OEM and, uh, you know, many other sectors, semiconductor and uh, industrial manufacturing. Um, and uh, there are many other sectors, but the top two are uh, automotive and, uh, you know, um, ISV online segments.
2: Haripti, just to build up to what Vijay said. For example, several of the ISV and the tech software companies like Google, Microsoft, SAP Labs, Oracle, etc. They have their largest largest design centers outside their home country in India. Automobile majors. If yeah. you go to a place like Belandur in Bangalore, within the square miles of five square miles, there are close to 65,000 to 70,000 semiconductor engineers working from India, perhaps the second largest outside the home country, US. The reason why this happened is India is now seen a strong focus on vertical domain. India is seen as a strong focus on horizontal talent, good electronics engineers, good computer software engineers, good mechanical engineers coming in. India has seen a good software for innovation. All these players put together is adding up to the capacity. The, for example, in a company like uh, uh, Siemens, Siemens is going to complete 200 years of its existence by 2047. While they get themselves ready for the 200 year in 2047, they would love to see the entire products getting driven as a software-driven product. And the software-driven product, they looked at India as a center of gravity to drive that. Hence the momentum and move towards India.
1: Sir, you have adhered to this uh, throughout the conversation. Just wanted to understand how is it that these companies uh, quantify the kind of uh, contribution that these centers, these R&D functions do to them? Um, What is the significance that it has to the global inc? And we also keep hearing about how the ER ER R&D spending will keep growing, say, in the next four years and multiple reports that say so. So, tell us what is the kind of growth that these guys, these centers and these people are driving for their global organization?
2: No, as I said earlier, uh, uh, the, the product ecosystem is moving from an earlier one-time sale to perhaps the lifecycle management. And that enablement of lifecycle management by more and more and more Software embeddedness coming in. One way of measuring this global captive center and large service providers like HCL Tech in the call is the number of IPs and patents they generate. For instance, company like SAP Lab, they generate 200 patents every quarter from the center from India. For example, companies like uh, G, companies like Philips, etc. In some of the products, Fairly large portion 70 to 80 percent or perhaps as high as 90 percent in some of the product the softwareization happens from India. So all these trends are the way the value creation the innovation both service providers and the global capital centers are delivering to the parent enterprises. Vijay may have additional points.
0: Certainly. Thank you. So there are uh, IP and innovation uh, that is a key aspect and driver. Uh, We for a large customer, for example, have a target as part of our relationship to generate invention disclosures. Basically talks about how much of innovation has been there and new product innovation is an important part of the services that we do. And when we talk about product, of course, the traditional engineering is a full product development, which is right from the chips to the semiconductor that goes on the chip to the boards, uh, to the casing and uh, the full product, the embedded software, uh, the application software on top of it that runs and enables a product. Uh, Today, the connectedness of those products is very different and the softwareization piece that... uh, a case we talked about is a big driver for how products will be consumed in the future and are being consumed today as well. So uh, if you look at the innovation that is required to make this transformation happen, uh, it is of uh, no small order. Uh, it's significant. And um, I, like I talked about invention disclosures, overall today, uh, we would have generated close to 2000 plus patents, uh, which are for our customers uh, in um, these relationships. Where there is a you know, name of an HCL engineer on that patent, and the patent is owned by our customers, and uh, but uh, it is driven by HCL Tech. That is one kind. Then uh, there are many patents that we have, uh, which is generated by our internal R and D uh, for our own, um, you know, IP that we generate uh, for embedding that IP in solutions and taking that to the market. So I think innovation is a very important uh, driver for product and platform innovation uh, for the future. And uh, we see it in action today as well. So I think uh, that is super critical uh, for uh, more and more interest in this space and more and more work to be done in this space.
1: Right. So so maybe you can uh, give a shot at this as well. So uh, I recently heard an analyst say that Although er and space is evolving in the Indian IT industry very significantly, it, is still, it still remains underpenetrated. Uh, the focus is not more on uh, product optimization is what something I heard of. Uh, so what do you think of this? Uh, how do you think it is evolving in, specifically in the Indian IT space?
0: I think the way to think about it is uh, we are still in the very early stages of this market. Uh, this is a large enough market and outsourced. Uh, there are two drivers of course uh, gccs and uh, service providers like ourselves uh, you now the the outsourced product uh, development or you know opd as we call it generically that is less than about 5% of the total r&d spend now that itself is expected to grow to about 9% in the next 4 to 5 years so that market expansion, which means a lot more players wanting to do outsource product development, is one uh, big uh, area and growth. So we are expanding uh, the share. And then the R&D spend itself is expected to grow. Uh, so growth will come from existing players uh, doing more outsource product development. And then second, new new players coming in and the market itself growing. So I think those are the two big things uh, that you will see, which are going to drive uh, growth in this segment. Uh, today it I uh, underpenetrated, uh, I would think, in uh, in terms of the outsourced uh, product uh, R&D spend or ER&D spend that's happening. That is still uh, mid-single-digit.
2: Uh, you know, Haripri, I'll add up one more perspective. The total er and and d spend globally, is what 1.3, 1.4 trillion dollars, out of which what gets outsourced is very, very, very less. Less, perhaps not more than 200, 250, 300 billion gets outsourced. Fairly, uh, not even 200 billion, 150 billion gets outsourced. Fairly large component is done in source, including R&D work uh, like pharmacy, etc. One of the reason for that is that. Innovation is very personal to organization. That is a core competency to the organization. Now the change that what India demonstrated, large companies from India demonstrated, India's GCC model has demonstrated has now given confidence. Perhaps what was core to them could be given to the individual service providers to innovate. And what is otherwise even more core to them Perhaps a GCC model could be evaluated because of the talent pool that we have. The young boys and girls from different segments coming in, the talent pool what we have. So the talent pool is driving the capacity delivery from India. What is core is now getting reduced and non-core is expanding in innovation. And as I said earlier, with software and contactless system way to go, I'll give multiple examples. In a segment like automobile, the chief executive of Mercedes-Benz has gone on record to say that perhaps in every Mercedes-Benz car in the world, there is an Indian touching it. There is an Indian touching it. There is an aerospace company which is developing an uh, AI-enabled windshield wiper, AI-controlled windshield wiper from India for the global market. All these transitions that innovation is possible from remote location is also driving this taking place. Last but not the least, in adjacent segments like banking, financial services, insurance segment, as uh, Vijay talked about online segments like retail, etc. They're also adopting technology tools like IoT to innovate and get the product intelligent. All the center of gravity is getting pushed towards India.
1: Right. So, uh, so Ralt, uh, you mentioned briefly about the talent part. Uh, we understand that the country does not have a shortage in terms of uh, engineers coming out of colleges every year, but uh, what percentage of it is skilled? Uh, is, is the kind of skilling that the colleges provide is enough for to work in this space for engineers that come out every year, and what are the other skilling initiatives that the industry needs to uh, sort of look at and to make sure that there is more growth? Here.
2: Vijay, will you take this shot
0: first? Absolutely, I was expecting you to defer that <laughs> to me. Thank you. <laughs> so, I think, uh, you no, know, the market uh, talent market is robust. Uh, the readiness level, of course, is at different levels depending upon the colleges you go to and. Uh, the talent pool you get access to however the trick is not in uh, you know the number of people available it is about the quality and the readiness so you see there are many initiatives that companies like ourselves are taking the first is of course uh, you know in the college itself tying up with colleges making sure curriculum is appropriate available and uh, you know in the last year giving people internships or giving opportunities, creating opportunities so that content that is taught in colleges can be more apt uh, to er d space. Uh, so that is one that we see happening. Uh, second, so that means even before somebody is hired, uh, they're they are getting ready for what is relevant to a particular industry and market segment. When I mean industry, it is an industry vertical within er d So for example, if I look at semiconductor, uh, that... Um, Case we talked about uh, that is a growing need, and semiconductor is a big focus area uh, for many companies in India and many countries that are trying to become uh, self-reliant in semiconductor chip design, chip production, and everything else around semiconductor equipment. Uh, we have taken a, we have been in this space for about twenty years, and um, we have developed relationships with campuses and uh, colleges so that we teach what is appropriate at colleges, or work with our partner ecosystem to get that done. So that is the first thing, improving readiness. uh, And I gave semiconductor as an example. Uh, Of course, there's more to do, uh, but it's there in many sectors, this kind of readiness programs. The second innovative thing that HCL Tech has done is we have uh, also put in a program called Tech These are uh, people who have done high school, completed high school, uh, but don't have uh, the wherewithal uh, to get through a college uh, admission and go through a four-year college program in engineering. We have taken uh, tech we call this program, and uh, we've done this uh, in India, in US, Australia, a few other markets, where uh, we then train for a year and uh, get them to a level of readiness. And while they work for another four years, they earn their degree from very reputed institutes, uh, across the world. Uh, so this is another innovation that we have brought to the market, uh, which we think is uh, very robust, sustained, and uh, you know, can be replicated uh, to grow uh, the talent base that is required uh, to to be able to be part of this uh, global trend that we are seeing in ER&D outsourcing.
2: Yeah, I'll build up to what Vijay said. Uh, Aripriya answering a question, is a talent readily available for deployment? Perhaps it is improving. There is an opportunity for further improvement. Uh, As I said in the recent past, there is a need for increased awareness to digital engineering talent. Digital engineering talent, people have been exposed to IoT, people exposed to engineering data analysis, engineering cyber security, information security analysis, etc. So along with industry, along with industry, have joined together, I've signed up a program to uh, skill the existing workforce on digital engineering certificate, a 33-hour curriculum that has been created to make people proficient to be ready for the job. The good news is NVC, India Ministry of Education is also given one unit credit, one unit credit for people going through this. The second level of second level of talent pool that is required is around embedded system. Embedded system. Unfortunately, the what industry wants today, academic system is largely focused only on 30% of that. There's a 70% gap. So again, industry is conducting themselves a program to upskill these people on embedded system. And we're also run, running an industry-generated course, experiential learning program, with several colleges and Anna University and other places. The students can go to the program, upskill themselves, and ready for the industry. So as the past, this is an, uh, a joint industry-academia collaboration to keep the industry ready. As many people said, demand is not the problem availability of ready to deploy talent is a challenge right. sir so
1: one more uh, one more stakeholder in the ecosystem is the government uh, we see Active efforts from them as well. For instance, the Karnataka government has something as the debut the ERND policy. So, on from the government side, what, what do you think are the kind of initiatives or the uh, required for the development of the industry, given that it's new? And what is it that the industry expects from
2: the government? There are three, four aspects. One, as you rightly pointed out, uh, Karnataka government has taken the lead to create an ERD and D policy to attract what to be done. The second thing which government of Karnataka also announced, perhaps we're also working state government to co-fund, co-create project with part of, part of the funding coming from government for the next generation technology. Uh, countries like European Union, countries like Canada have taken that approach. Industry coming out, their approach to solve the problem. Which startup at the SMEs part of the ecosystem and government part funding to reduce the risk is another thing which could be done. And third is incentives. I think we are also looking at government. Uh, some of the laboratory for validation and verification, some of the laboratories for integrated testing is fairly large and expensive and complex in size. Perhaps government could set up those infrastructure and PPP model with industry, or government could fund private industry setting up those infrastructure, in validation infrastructure for multiple small companies, multiple mid tier companies, accessing those infrastructure that is available to build it up. So, good steps have been taken. The government of India setting up a center of excellence for IoT in seven different locations with laboratory facilities available for testing IIT products and solution. For large-scale such validation facility is third role which government can pay, appeal. Uh, Vijay, any comments on this?
0: I think uh, what you've said is all correct, k I'm also thinking about uh, other uh, ecosystem effects that government is creating. Uh, for example, if I look at the focus on semiconductor or manufacturing in India, uh, those are initiatives that are creating demand for R&D services. While uh, that may not be a direct intent, uh, the self-reliance for semi-chip is uh, driving uh, the government to create several incentives for fabs, uh, for uh, design companies, and uh, you not know, testing facilities like you talked about, which are uh, funded uh, partially by governments. So that is uh, those kind of initiatives uh, will have um, many knock-on benefits in terms of R&D spend and attracting players into the market. So that's one. The second, I think things like uh, initiatives that the government is doing uh, for uh, building up talent. Uh, they have uh, invested uh, along uh, with firms like us and many others uh, to help uh, build the techB program or equivalent and uh, they sponsor or they fund some of these programs as well. Uh, I also think the make in India, while uh, today manufacturing base in India is expected to grow today, it is still uh, about the same percentage as part of our GDP. Uh, There is a significant push to get manufacturing to be from 17% of GDP to 25%. For that to happen, a lot of ecosystem will get built up. The supply chains will get built up. You're seeing that happen with uh, Foxconn and uh, the supply chain that oxconn is bringing into india as an example in the iphone ecosystem all of that will create opportunities uh, in the MES space the plm plant engineering and uh, manufacturing iot industrial iot connected factories these will be green factories all that is expected to create a significant uh, you know a need as well so those are some government policies that are helping not only on the talent side but building some industries
1: Right so oh, great so these were the questions we had for you guys today thank you so much for your time it was a lovely conversation and we hope our readers listeners take away from it uh thank you thank you for being here so
0: thank you hari priya thank you ksv for having us here thank you
2: vijay hari